Hey everyone, it's Caleb and welcome to the Learner's Corner Podcast. I am so excited that you are here today for many reasons, one of them being that today is episode 300 of the podcast. And so really excited about that. Hard to believe that we are already at 300 episodes and yeah, it's just a, it's a really cool thing to do. And to celebrate this episode, I have brought on the former co-host of the podcast, Todd Hicksonbaugh, to look back on the past, you know, five plus years and 300 episodes to talk about it. And, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, or whether or not you've just recently started, this is a great episode because we're going to talk a lot about what has happened over the past five years on the podcast, what got us started on the podcast, the journey all the way through that to um, to us separating from being co-hosts and still remaining friends, and and to where we are today in the summer of 2022. And uh, we don't just get into the store, we get into a, a lot of other things of some of the things that we're learning about and some of the values of the podcast as well. And so really just grateful that you are here today, especially if any of you have been here uh, from episode one, which was a really long time ago. Uh but yeah, if you've been here from episode one, I would love I would love to hear from you. And the best way to reach out to me is Learners Corner Podcast at gmail.com. Or if you have other stuff that you would love us to cover on the podcast or things that you're learning about, please let me know there as well. We're going to get into this a little bit later as we talk about it, but there's really three core values that drive a lot of what we do here. And it's that we want to create a safe place to have difficult conversations. We believe that we can learn from anyone and from everyone. And we believe that we can learn from anything and from everything as well. And so I'm not going to wait any further. And we're just going to jump into my conversation with my good friend and former podcast host of the Learner's Corner podcast, Todd Hicksonbaugh. Well, Todd, welcome back once again to the Learner's Corner podcast. Put some respect on my name. If Stephen A. has the A, mine's Todd R. <laughs> uh, oh, my. Well, it's always good to have you back on the podcast. And today it is for uh, a particularly special reason. Today is the 300th episode. Actually, this episode, not today. This episode is the 300th episode of the Learner's Corner podcast. We're the two best friends that anyone could have. Well, I was going to say, and we did do it together, but really, we only about half did it together. I know. I know, right? Have we passed the mark yet where you, it's just you more than it is the two of us? Have we hit that uh, mark yet? I, if I had to guess, I don't know if we have quite hit since you, like, you know, officially left the podcast, but I did do some interviews by myself whenever... uh Whenever we did the podcast together. So if that counts, then maybe. Okay. Cool. Either way, we're we're coming back up. Uh, we are not going to have you back on whenever I officially pass you for that. But why? Because it isn't that special of a thing. You'll you'll come on later at the end of this year again. Oh my gosh. I feel anyway. I feel I feel offended. Well, it's your right to feel offended. You can Thank feel you. offended. If I you have want taught to. you well. I have taught you well. <laughs> I have taught you well. Continue with your intro. Yeah. Well, 
I figured it would be fun to talk a little bit about uh, the Learner's Corner since it has yep. been and kind of the story of the Learner's Corner um, and how it got started for us and also um, just kind of what it's been, kind of the journey of the Learner's Corner for the past several yep. years. And then, uh, you know, just talk about whatever's on our mind after that. Can you believe we launched this thing over five years ago? Uh, that is very hard to believe. Um, like it was five years on January 1st this year. I, I know that's nuts. That's crazy. That's crazy to think. Uh, it's even crazier. I don't know if I ended up telling you this. So I know that we ended up, uh, talking about doing the learner's corner in the summer of 16. It was May. It was like around my birthday. Yep. It was right around then. Um, and you know, basically we spent the entire rest of the year researching, figuring things out, figuring out what we were going to do. But, um, I actually, I was going back through my journals recently for, uh, something that you're asking me to do for uh, a future podcast that you're on. And I discovered that I had actually started thinking about doing a podcast a year before that. And in the summer of 2015, that's the first journal yep. entry that I have. Yeah. So, before. so when we got together, so, okay. So this story starts with a coffee shop that unfortunately is no longer in existence. RIP for kids coffee. For those of you who know, you should know. Former guest on the podcast, former guest on the podcast. Yeah. Um, so it starts there and it, it probably has to go back even further than that. People I think need context for how nerdy we're still nerdy, but like how, like the level before this. So Caleb and I were both working in churches. Um, you were working at the church you're still at. I was working at a different church that I'm no longer at. And basically we would both get together on Fridays. So Friday, most people don't understand this, but in church world, most of us work Sunday through Thursday. That's, that's the work week, right? So Friday is your day off um, and Saturday is your day off. And we would usually get together on Fridays. We would just meet up in Canton, Ohio, and, and we would get together and we would just sit and just solve all the world's problems. Like we would just fix everything that's wrong in the church. We would fix everything that's wrong in politics and the world. And we would share ideas on on podcasts that that we had been listening to we would share ideas on books caleb would take copious notes of anything that he listened to that he may think that he could learn from one day there's going to be like a lost chest like hundreds of years from now there's going to be a lost chest of journals that caleb wrote in from 2010 to 2000 like 14 15 and it is going to be the treasure trove of all treasure troves it's also going to be slightly emo they're going to go like Man, this dude was like emo. He's just like pouring his feelings into these journals. It's crazy. But we used to we used to to get together and do this, and and so we would share podcast things that we had listened to, books, and you know we would bring books and show each other like what we were reading, and I mean it was some super nerdy stuff. And we did this. I mean, at that point, we had been doing this for years since the time we were interns together. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I just remember, and in fact, I, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but, um, 
you know, I remember I started like a website. Yes. That had all of basically just all of my notes of stuff that I had. I'm aware. Taken. <laughs> I, I recently, I recently found that website within the last, what? yeah, within like the last year ish. I googled your name just because I wanted to see what would pop up. In in there is still that website is still active. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you should you should like keep that thing going, man. The world uh, needs to know. Yeah. Well, that's what the Learner's Corner podcast is for. No, no, man. We need no. We need anyway. goods. Anyway. Uh I just remember feeling this uh intense responsibility for sharing what I was learning because sure. of all of this nerdiness. Sure. For it. Which, you know, led to the website that we were talking about. And then uh and then I think I ended up stopping it sometime, you know, after however many months. And I remember us uh just sitting down in Four Kids Coffee, and I can't remember who said it exactly it was you um you said i've been thinking about doing a podcast and i said i've been thinking about doing a blog yeah and then you said why don't we just do this together yeah and i and i and i couldn't remember which one of it it was i guess it was me and i remember uh you know it being said we should do a podcast because it's going to be easier yes (laughs) and doing a blog yes which is just not true it's the most oh. untrue thing that we've believed. Well, I would say some aspects of it are easier. However, is it easier? No. And that's before, like, in, in folks listening. So we're recording right now in June of 2022, okay? So years from now when people are listening to this episode. In 2016... There was a fraction of the tools that are now available for us to be able to do podcasts, okay? Five years ago in 2016, what is it? No, six years ago in 2016, there was a fraction of the tools, okay? There's a fraction. We have all, we were like looking at weird third-party apps to like record distance, like Zoom. You couldn't record things on Zoom at that point. Like it wasn't a thing. You could not do this. No, I remember we did most of our calls. Well, let, let me back up because that's another part of the yes, story. That is another part. It took us a while even to get to the point of going, yeah, you know what? We should try doing like video calls and recording it. And we just decided to reach out to literally, uh, we just started with the people that we know. And we were like, you know what all else we should do? We should essentially come up with our own version of talks and do episodes around those things. We should talk with the people that we know and come up with our own content. And it was terrible. <laughs> Listen yeah. to the first 10 episodes and tell yeah. me that it wasn't terrible. Yeah. And not even necessarily because of a reflection on the guests, but. We were figure we were just figuring out a lot of our bleep. Well, and I think that both of us agree. It wasn't until Brewster, which that's skipping ahead a bit, but it wasn't until Brewster when things started to actually get better. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. So we spent we spent the rest of 2016. We said we were researching, we were doing all that, and what that actually consisted of was basically every Friday we would get together 
And we figured out, you know, oh, we can buy this microphone and this microphone. Okay, so we kind of figured those things out. But then it consisted of us like trying to figure out how to even operate the base functions of a podcast. And so we interviewed some friends of ours. Yeah, we did practice episodes. We did practice episodes even. And and literally just put actually i can't remember if we even i don't think we used a mic on the practice episodes uh i can't remember if we did we did or not we just used computer speakers (laughs) yeah yeah and now i'm sitting in front of a rig that's probably altogether over a thousand (laughs) dollars like so we went from that to to this we've come a long way but but like so we would do that. We had to ask people like, how do you post a podcast episode on like, what is hosting? Yep. What is, do you have to have a website? Do you, and I remember like you, you would make goals because you're an Enneagram three. And if you don't know what an Enneagram three is, basically it's a psychopath that just has yeah. to make goals for everything. Yeah. Just, just go back to, we've talked about the Enneagram plenty of times. We'll link to an episode about it. And, and like, you just make goals for everything. And it was like, oh, website in like the next year, blog launching in the next six months. Uh, and, don't... It just, and it just never happened. Like it just never happened. First of all, don't put all of that on me. And yes, I will not deny that I set some very audacious. Oh, yeah. Unrealistic goals. I could now. I was a... not the only one. The incredible thing now is that those goals that we had, I could launch within 20 minutes, literally within 20 yep. minutes. And it's like, part of it is, is that we were on the cutting edge of this, some of this stuff. Like we really were like, I know podcasts had existed, have existed really when you trace it back all the way to the history, they were starting to do internet radio shows early 2000s, like 2000. Yeah. To 2004, 2005, something like that. Yeah. And, and that's about, I mean, that's when, that's when that's, that's when that started. I mean, that's when that stuff was going. So it had been around, but not to the average person. The average person didn't have access to this. That really started happening. And I, I've studied a lot of the history of podcasts and that started to become accessible with the rise of video conference calls where some of that started. And you really saw that around 2010, 2011, where that became accessible and people's internet connections were, were good enough to be able to sustain that. Um, but like we were still on the cutting edge in that <clears throat> you had to have serious money behind you to, to launch a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, this was before the days of Anchor, which now, you know, you, you could just literally record on your phone and post it directly to the internet, right? And so there was a long process to this and there's a long process to this. And when we did, we launched January 1st, 2017. Yeah. And especially for, uh, for those first 10 episodes, I could, I could think of, uh, really one exception. Most of it, I think was more topic based of like, Hey, let's talk about something. Let's you know, get a topic and then let's see if we can find someone to talk about this. The only exception that I could think of is the first episode when we had uh, Kevin West. Yeah. That's the only exception I could think of. Um, 
And then, really, and I think it's an episode... I mean, it ended up happening in episode 12, but then the shift, I think, happened towards, well, let's just find interesting people that we are interested in talking with, and then we will figure out more stuff from there. Which is sort of the same modality that you use now. Mm -hmm. Like, it's kind of... I mean, that's literally still what you do. Yeah. Like, as as you get guests on. And I remember, like, early days when you would come, when you would come to me and you would, like, we were sitting in another coffee, a different coffee shop called Daily Grind. And you first said, hey, have you heard of the Enneagram? Like, you know what this is? We were sitting in Daily Grind. And, like, I had never, I had literally never heard of it before. I now use the Enneagram every day of my life. And it's all because of the Learner's Corner right? It's all because we started that podcast and it was because you are a freak of nature and you somehow, how did you even find out about the Enneagram? Man, that is, it had to have been a podcast. It had to have been a podcast. Cause that was like, uh, that was like 20 late 2017, 2018. Yes. If I remember correctly, uh, I used to listen to the relevant podcast all of the time. I think that's what I was. And I first heard it there. I bought a book. And then it's one of those things to where, like, I started diving in. And then, like, I put it on the shelf. And then I think I remember listening to it um, uh, on the on the Liturgist podcast. They did a big series on the Enneagram. And that's when The Road Back to You came out. Right. The ro- and that's when I really got interested I remember that. And I got the audio book and I listened to the road back to you in like a weekend. Okay. This all, this is, yes. I listened to it in like a weekend and I, and I, you and I both were like, Oh my gosh, this has a lot of application to what we did for a living, which was church work. Yep. And how many times, how many times has this, uh, seemed true? And five years later, everybody caught on. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, I think about that a lot, right? Like I think all the time of what are the things that you and I are thinking about and interested in now that like my wife would say are just absolutely bizarre. And she'd be like, you're such a, you're such a nerd. Like you're such a, you're such a goofball, but like, yeah, in a couple of years, it's, it's a, it's going to be more mainstream. Like you and I are constantly sending each other links to all sorts of weirdness um, and books and things that things that are are way out there. Like, I remember, I remember when you first started. Now, this is going to sound hilarious because we both work in churches. But if you work in churches, you, you understand that there are different levels of things, and people's understanding of theology in deeper Bible stuff is all different. And I remember the first time when you were like wait a second like you went to bible college stuff and you started like asking me questions about bible stuff and i would say things like caleb you're not going to like the answer to this and then you and i started like getting deep and heavy into like some of these scholar books and things and now like one of the major what i see what i see right now happening is in churches a lot of people are rediscovering this sounds hilarious but they're rediscovering theology they're rediscovering scripture, studying scripture. We were doing that years ago and and talking about it, maybe not necessarily on the podcast, but like it was all part of that. It was like we were trying to explore things. We were trying to find interesting people. And, and we and, and both of us have had people on about the Bible and things like that. But but like 
that's kind of where the podcast has taken us. It's taken us into exploring things that ultimately have made our lives better. Yeah. And it even just makes me think of like, like you mentioned, you're the one who really like got me thinking about that stuff in terms of the theology of it. Like if I had to put it on, you know, uh, on like a movement chart, because I think we, I'll, I'll just say for myself, in terms of things that I was really interested in learning about, it started with leadership and yep. then more with the learner's corner. It moved more towards life as well, which I would still say that is, you know, learning about life, um, all, all different aspects yeah. of life. Um, and then through the learner's corner, through you and, and, uh, and learning a bit more of going like, okay, how does theology theology actually plays into literally every single part of life and there are everything is theological yeah everything is theological yeah and realizing that i had i had in some sense missed out on that Mm -hmm. for a long time and i think that you're not the i mean i I think that that statement is true i also think that it's it's never something to be ashamed of i I just think that you and I were raised in a culture, our generation, that I've heard it said like this, we were quick to make up our minds about something and we were slow to retract our thoughts. Mm. And, and I think that you and I both were raised in that type of generation. And because of that, I think there was a lot of things that we missed. Mm. Um, we were pretty heavily influenced people in our, our time of what's now called the four horsemen. And so um, that's people who, after 9-11, um, they were the new atheists, and they wrote a lot of stuff that kind of creeped into mainstream. And you and I were pretty insulated from all of that, but it impacted the culture around us and really did shape the thinking where if we couldn't understand it, it must not be relevant, must not be um, – it must be scary. And you still see that today. We still, we see that in politics. And a lot of that came from the new atheists in the ways that they were writing and, and, and um, making their thought processes known. And, and people in the church, their response to that was instead of let's combat this, it was let's run away from it and insulate ourselves from it. Right. And so I know for me, when I went to Bible college, like I had professors exposing me to things I'd never heard of before in a good way, not in a, not in a weird, like liberal arts college way. Um, Mm -hmm. But like they were exposing me to some of these biblical thoughts. And then I had to defend what I, what I believed and I had no defense. And so I had to actually go back and figure out why it is that I believe these things. And that was incredibly healthy. And I think that that's an incredibly healthy thing for humans to do. And I think that's what the learner's corner has by and large helped you and I to do for sure. But I also think that we have had listeners that have also had that experience because I mean, we have engaged with people with thoughts, both theological, cultural, that, that um, challenge people to examine their beliefs. And that's, you know, that's, that's the whole catchphrase of, of, safe place to have dangerous com- conversations right yep that's part of it that's that's what it's for is to do that yep. 
Yeah. And that even just takes, you know, going back to the learner's corner journey, it takes me back to two episodes specifically that come to mind, you know, pretty early in the journey that, um, that just shook me. One is the conversation that we had with my aunt Brenda Mm, to whenever we talked with her about, um, and that was a big moment for you too. That was a big moment. Like you, you interviewed somebody in your family, and on top of that, like she did a phenomenal job. Brenda, Brenda Young's episode on the Learner's Corner is to this day one of the best ones we've ever done. <laughs> it is not sound. Yeah. I'm not talking about sound quality. Yeah, I'm talking about pure content. It is one of the best ones that we've done. We did it in the upper room at the Canton campus of New Point Community Church. If you know that church, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Sound quality is absolutely terrible, but content was A+. Yeah, and she is going to come back on the Learner's Corner relatively soon. Um, but yeah, rem- and I remember hearing her experience. You know, she is, uh, you know, at, at the time of that recording, she's no longer uh, the senior pastor at the church uh, where she's at. But at the time of the recording, she was, and we talked with her about her experience of being a woman senior pastor and everything that she has had to go through that. And I just remember, because I think that was probably the first, if not one of the first times that I had actually talked with her right. about, about this specifically, about that and going, holy cow, she has had to go through so many things that I haven't had to go through in that. And I think the other one that comes to mind is, uh, is our friend uh, Moose, who we talked with very shortly after that, Stephen Johnson, as well yeah. in that episode, and yeah, and he he talked about a lot of things that were going on culturally with race. Yeah, and if you remember in 2017, uh, 2016, with also being an election year, was also a year when there was a lot of shootings. As a matter of fact, in the summer of 2016. There was a rampage where there were several police shootings of, of, of black men that happened. And I remember we interviewed him about that. And, and we talked about a lot of things, not just the shootings, but just a, a lot. And that was an eye opener. And I think it was an eye opener for us in a way that showed us, hey, we're two white kids from Tuscross County, which in the 2016 election voted um, 97%. That county voted 97% Republican. And so when you look at things like that, it was a different perspective for us. And it did. It, it, it was a crazy, it was a crazy reminder that um, that there were other perspectives out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other the other episode that comes to mind for that is whenever we talked with James Talbert as well and we talked with him about uh citizens akron as well and, and launching that and and realizing um at least for me realizing that church could look different than what what i had grown up realizing because of you know what you were said um you know even though um i grew up in the church and you know my dad is a pastor that is literally really the only church experience that i had ever had um up until you know, around that point, or at least that's that style of church is really the only one that I had experienced. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, after that, you mentioned Brewster and I can't even remember. Do you remember what, um, was it just one of us going like, yeah, we should try to reach out to people. 
and have them via video calls? I can't remember. It was. It was me. I I had been researching and I saw where people were interviewing folks, but they weren't with them physically. Mm -hmm. They were just doing these interviews like at distance. And I was like, oh, so... Oh, so we could legitimately like just interview whoever we wanted. We just have to start reaching out and figure out this whole like thing. And this is before, again, Zoom did not record interviews at this point. You could not record video. No, we, I remember we had to use Skype and then we also had to buy an, a third party uh, thing recorder that would work with yes. Skype. Yeah. Yes. It was, it was. A weird thing man it was a weird thing yeah and i i remember uh sitting in I the remember, cleveland avenue starbucks yep i remember sitting in that starbucks when we got a response from him and he said yes i want to be on the learner's corner podcast and we freaked out so much we both called our moms we did we both called and our neither moms one of our moms knew who he was our moms had no idea they were like oh that's great honey it's like you have no idea who i'm talking about yeah but it's exciting stuff oh please be please be excited with us my mom was like i don't know what you're talking about like i sounds like it's a great thing yeah mm, your mom it is just believe me on that it's <laughs> it's so good oh uh and then the the other the other uh big moment that i think of around then uh was whenever we whenever clay scroggins came on the podcast yeah. as well and <laughs> talked about uh his book how to lead when you're not in charge uh which i know that for both of us like it, it's one of those things to where um one gr or Clay is just a great person to learn from, but also that content was really helping us like exactly where we were at yeah. too. And, yeah. and just, and for me, that's, that's probably, uh, that's probably one of the most fine foundational moments in the podcast of going, wow, there's somebody who I really look up to who is yeah. helping me a lot with this book. It hit literally hit me just right at the right time because, um, it, it was just like, I was just figuring out all my bleep, uh, professionally yeah. as well and going, yeah. wow, I, it is possible to actually talk with somebody like this. Mm -hmm. Well, and then I remember it would have been end of 2018. We got Carrie Newhoff. <laughs> yeah. And we that thought, was a whole nother level. We thought we were the hottest thing smoking out of Ohio. So for those of you who don't know who Carrie Newhoff is, Carrie Newhoff is a podcaster. He's got one of the largest um, leadership podcasts in the world uh, called the Carrie Newhoff Podcast. He has his own network of podcasts now. But at the time, he was the founding pastor, he still is the founding pastor of a church in, in Canada called Connexus Church. And he was the right, he was writing his blog, which is one of also the largest leadership blogs. He was writing books. He was a person that was on the speaking circuit and was talking, giving these conversations and talks at high profile conferences. He was just a big deal. He's a very big deal. And we got him on the podcast. 
Yeah. Which was a crazy thing for us at the time. And we've had, have you had him on more than once now, right? Uh, just once, just once so far. I thought you had him twice. Nope. Working on it. Yes, you should. And Carrie's um, only, by the way, grown since then. Like, oh yeah, <clears throat> so much. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is one of those, con- like talking about the difference between our conversation with Clay and then our conversation with Carrie, which took somewhere, you know, somewhere between a year and a year and a half away from each other. I also remember the growth that had taken place in both of us in between those times. And yes, there, there was like, there was a very cool factor to it, but I remember in 2018 going like Carrie is someone that's really great to learn from. And I am having similar thoughts or ideas to things that he is talking about and working on. And in 2017 with play, it felt very much like the, uh, you know, the master and and the student. Right. And there, there was a huge separation. It's like, man, could uh, we can't even, like, will we even be able to have some of those thoughts that day or one day? Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I want to go back to, which is another pivotal moment, is, uh, and this, I guess, I guess this is probably the season of just making a ton of friends on the podcast Mm -hmm. as well. Like I remember our first episode that we did with Stuart Hall. 2018, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. We made a lot. That was in 2017. We made, right. Yeah. Yeah. We did. Yeah. We did did several with him, but going through that and uh, yeah, I, I, we just made uh, friends, man. We made a lot of friends made a lot of friends and we were sitting literally in the youth room for most of these the in the youth room at the dover campus of new point in that little yep. booth and we would both scrunch up as close as we possibly could to each other yep because we couldn't have multiple we didn't have multiple microphones we most of them used the computer speakers <laughs> yep uh which we didn't have a microphone this is wild when I tell clients, so one of the things that's, that I do now is I help other people start podcasts and do podcasts. When I tell clients the story of like how I started, they know nothing. They're, they've hired me to help them do podcasts, right? They giggle because even they know that you're not supposed to yeah. do the things that we did. It's just funny. It's just so funny. Yeah, but again, we, we were made learning. It, we made it. We were learning, and we made it work. We and in some work. cases, it was the best option that we could come up with, and the most affordable option. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. I do not ever suggest that people do. Some of the things that, I have now spent money on. You do not have to have the things that you and I now have to run a successful, maybe the stuff that you have, your setup's not that crazy, but, but like you don't actually, and I'd encourage anybody. I think more people should be doing podcasts. You don't have to have a crazy setup. You could spend for under a hundred dollars and have everything that you need. And you could interview anybody that you wanted in the entire world. And, And it would be highly successful and a good thing. 
So yeah. assuming assuming you have a laptop and everything. Yeah. I mean, you don't even have to have that now. I mean, you could have your phone. That you could use your true. phone, bro. You could use your phone, get a Bluetooth microphone, connect it to your phone, right? Yep. And and you could just go from there, use Anchor. I mean, you don't even have to have a laptop. Yeah. That's a great point. Okay, yeah. then is uh and if I'm sk- if I'm skipping anything that you want to cover, you know, we we can go back to it. But then, you know, we we end up doing somewhere around 150-ish episodes together. And then I just and I I I'm not even sure I can remember all of the details specifically. Um, but I remember that you started talking about wanting to go do your own podcast as well. Uh, and so, and I think it started in addition to the learner's corner. And then it was like, I think I want to do this instead of the learner's corner. Yeah. So basically I realized that your feet stunk (laughs) Yeah. and I needed to get away from you. No, I mean, at the time I was living in uh, Columbus. So physical distance wise, we were about an hour and a half apart. And even though we had the ability to, to use Skype and things, um, it was hard. And, and, and I had been losing interest in doing, I wanted to do something different and I wanted to do it specifically in, you know, my profession is children's ministry. And so I was wanting to do that. There was a distance factor and I, what I was, I was so, and I know both of us were, I was so afraid that the podcast was just going to become our friendship. Mm-hmm. I didn't want that. I didn't want the only time which, we hung out and talked to be podcast stuff, which a lot of it had been, it had at been that coming. time. Yes. And, and a large, a large piece of that is, uh, because of my insatiable drive, uh, yes. and you're a psychopath. And, you are. And, and, and literally, and I, uh, I'm glad that you said that because I forgot this is, this is an important piece to know. I've, I was just, I was just way too. You were motivated. <laughs> I was motivated. I was way too driven um, because we would, rec- we would sometimes like sometimes, and it happened uh, like it happened at least a half a dozen times, if not more. Yeah. We would record four podcast episodes in, in, a, in a Friday. Yeah, it'd be in an eight-hour day. We would have yeah. less than five minutes between recordings yep. where we were sprinting to the restroom. Yeah. Yep. It, and, it became not fun. It, it did become not fun. And it became more about putting out the podcast yeah. and and just cranking yeah. it out instead of what we had gotten it got into it about which was about learning and about having fun together yes 100 percent. and and learning learning and and meeting people that were interesting it became let's scour amazon for the next which by the way by the way podcasters out there people who have podcasts you should be scouring amazon and Mm -hmm. seeing what books are out there you should you should go to the new releases section you should be seeing who's writing stuff because yep. they have a finger on the pulse of what people are wanting to consume. Okay. Do that. Try to get those people on your podcast. I'm not saying don't do that. It was a phonetic. We have to constantly be on Amazon making lists. Yep. 
Caleb would hand the lists to Todd because I have a very specific skill set of how I can find people's email addresses. And Todd go research and find these people's emails and email them. That was what it became. That was what it became. Yep. And it was weird. And, and, and it became part of it of um, like, we just have to put out an episode. It doesn't really matter if it's, good. if we're interested in it or not, or if it's good, we just have to put it out. And I remember a turning point for me was there was an episode and I don't remember anything even about the book, I don't remember anything about what it was, but there was an episode where we were interviewing a, a person about um, transgenderism. Now, it's hilarious because that was about four years ago. <laughs> yeah. And if you're paying attention to culture right now, it's still just as relevant as it was back then. But this person wrote this book and it was interesting, right? It was a different perspective on the transgender argument it was the most hateful interview that I've ever heard. The person was just like, was, it wasn't even a, I have a different argument. It was a, these people are less than. Yeah. Which it was, you may be wondering, I was going to say, and we decided not to air that podcast. Yeah. And, and, and like, I remember halfway through, I muted the microphone and I looked at Caleb and I was like, we can't air this. This is unairable. This is yep. not, we, I, we don't want to attach our names to this because this is just a hateful, this is a hateful thing. And, and I remember you, we were sitting in that booth, you folded your legs up underneath of you and you leaned back and you literally, I don't think asked or said another thing <laughs> and basically left me to my own devices <laughs> to end this episode as quickly as possible. And I did. Um, and, it, and, we just never talked to her again. We just never yep. even, there was no communication. <laughs> yep. It was like, that's, we are not doing this today, fam. Yep. Got no yep. time for this. Yeah. And so we're going through all of that. And I know for myself and I, and I think if I'm trying, I'm trying to remember the time exactly, but I think maybe for you, we were dealing with the stuff with the podcast and then we were also just dealing with a lot of bleep personally too. Like I remember that was the, like right around that time, the summer of uh, spring, spring of 19, summer of 19. Like I was just burned out. I remember, I don't know if you remember this I do. or not. I literally could not listen to podcasts yeah. anymore. Yeah. You, 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 that whole for like probably six, at least it was at least six months. Mm -hmm. You kept telling me, you're like, Todd, I, and, and for those of you, you have to understand, Caleb and I, our main form of entertainment in many cases is listening to podcasts. Now, I'm probably at this point more crazy than Caleb because he has boundaries. But, but the two of us at least are listening to an episode a day. I'm listening on average to four or five episodes in a day. Uh, and and I would say it's also safe to say that the episodes you're listening to are probably longer than the episodes yes. I'm listening to. Probably by, I'll say by 20 minutes, maybe. We don't need to go into yeah. my ridiculousness. That's all. That's all that we'll say about. But that. like, but like, that's the main form of entertainment. So when Caleb comes to me and says, "Hey, dude, I can't even listen right now," that was a major shift, and that's when mm -hmm. I knew that there was something fundamentally broken 
there was something fundamentally broken about what we were doing. And the podcast went on hiatus. Yep. That was when we yeah. went on hiatus. And I, during that time, I just determined like this, I, I really want, I'm doing learn, I'm doing uh herding cats and man, I really just, I need to go on hiatus and I need to from the learner's corner, from the learner's corner. Yeah. And I need to just not do this at the time. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was forever, but I knew at that time, like I cannot do this. Yeah. And I remember on my side of things feeling uh, two things specifically. One, I remember I was afraid that our friendship was going to end. Because you're a psychopath. <laughs> but but it made, especially in how I thought then, it made sense because yeah. we're doing this thing together. And when this thing ends, is our friendship going to last after that? And the other thing that I remember uh, thinking about um, and actually, I, I don't think I thought about this until a little bit later after, you know, I got out of uh, just that season of burnout is, um, man, I need Todd to do the podcast with me. Like, I can't do the podcast mm. without Todd as well. Right. Well, because and, you needed somebody to play off of. You were you had you had yep. a role. Your role was you were the straight man. You were the yep. I'm introing the thing. Todd's going to say off the wall stuff. It's going to be entertaining. But like, I can't, I can't play all of those things at once. And I, and I would never want to change the way that the show worked to fit my person. Like there was a whole belief, bunch of belief you went through with that. And that's why it was also on just on hiatus. It's like, I yep. can't do this. Yep. And I remember that, uh, you know, we, we had, or I had, you know, made a couple of other commitments on like talking with people on the podcast. And I remember I will do these interviews and then we will wrap the podcast after said time. Did we do a farewell episode? I forget. Uh, we did not do a farewell episode. At you, least I remember. Okay. It was Christmas 2019 and you kept pushing me. You wanted to do yes. a fair. And I kept, and I was like, for what? Exactly. Yep. And I was like, why? Yep. And I remember basically through the, through the rest of 2019 going like, okay, let's just finish this. Well, let's put a bow, let's put a bow on this and we can, you know, wash our hands of it and we will be done from it around the same time towards the end of 2019 at the beginning of 2020. Um, I the, like the desire after, after the, you know, the burnout, the desire for one in a podcast had not gone away. It came no. back. Yeah. It came back and I remember, um, and I think, I think you would have been on staff at new point during this time. I remember at the beginning of 2020, we were, uh, in this all staff meeting for all of us. And we were going through, um, this, uh, this exercise, which is called steps to freedom in Christ. Right. And essentially, you know, what you do or part, part of the, the exercise of it is identifying, uh, some of the hurts that have happened in your life. Right. And who do you need to forgive for those hurts? Mm -hmm. And we all went off by ourselves. And I remember going through that exercise and, you know, I was writing down, you know, you get to write down, Hey, who has hurt you? What have, what have you felt like they have taken from you? And I remember I wrote down all of these names and they all had the same thing in common. And it was this, I felt like they, had taken my voice away from me. 
that at some point in my life, they had said that, Caleb, your voice, your ideas are not important enough. And I remember uh, very uh, distinctly, and it wasn't like an audible voice or anything like that, but I remember very distinctly the Holy Spirit going, this is why I want you to start the podcast again. Because I want you to see that your voice is valuable and that you do have something to give. And I just want you to start it again. And that's all that I'm going to ask you to do. And me, you know, it's easier to reflect on going like, yeah, that's why I wanted Todd on the podcast, because I didn't believe that I was good enough on my own to do said podcast. Right. And that was hard. That was, I remember how difficult it was to help you as you were processing that. Mm-hmm. But that was a major block. It was like, I, you have to come and do this with me. And, and it was around, that was in January. Yep. It was J- the January all staff. Yep. And then over and, the next few months, like the pandemic started, I left New Point yeah. and, yep. and you, you restarted it. You restarted yep. it. And everybody was just sitting in their houses and Caleb Mason was killing them with the hot <laughs> yeah. content. Yeah, I, I remember. I have it pulled up right here. The first episode back was uh, February 27th of 2020. So that was, actually, remember- that was actually the first date with my wife, Paula. There you go. Paula. <laughs> um, and I remember launching it and just launching it with the mindset of, I don't want to go back to how we did things in 2019 to where I'm just putting out episodes and going like, Nope, we're going to make this a very sustainable thing, which wasn't just a, you know, this is just a podcast thing. This is more of just like a, Nope, Caleb is getting back to a way of life that is sustainable and is healthy and boundaries, all the things. Yes. Yes. And then really the, the other major thing that has happened, um, I would say in the last, you know, in between now and then is, uh, is I started doing some of these episodes just solo freestyle, or I shouldn't say, you know, me, it's not freestyle, (laughs) which you would never have even considered beforehand. Yeah. I mean, you just never would have considered that. Yeah. And that, uh, that would have been like in the fall of, you know, the fall of 21 and here we are today. No, that was fall of 2020. That was fall. Uh, fall three of the, the solo episodes were fall of 21. Are they? Yeah. Was it that recent? Yeah. Yep. Intriguing. Yeah. Yep. There's that. There's that. I would be curious to hear your thoughts on uh, what are some of the things that you've noticed about um, just how the podcast has changed since you've been gone? Well, I think one of the things that I've noticed is, and we've said it, you, you've been mentioning it. It's much more sustainable. So you're batching episodes and then taking two weeks off, three, some cases, three weeks off. Um, sometimes you've taken a whole month off because you got so far ahead, right? I know you're doing, you're planning on doing this again in July. Mm -hmm. Um, so next month, um, I know that you're batching uh, a bunch of stuff and, and getting it all ready. That was not something that we did. We would get way far ahead and then you would just keep pushing. 
You just want to keep going. Like, let's see if we can get three months out. Let's see if we can get four months out. Kerry Newhoff has every guest already scheduled for the entire year. He knows who they are. Like, blah, 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 blah. Right? It's more sustainable. The other thing, and this is on a content, this is on a purely content side. I think that your questions, your ability to ask questions, you've grown even more in that. Um, I know that when we first got started, the goal was literally just to keep people talking. Um, I just, however, we can just keep people talking. It's gonna be it's gonna be beneficial for us. Which was fine, but it was it's that's hard to listen to, right? That that becomes hard to listen to, especially if you get somebody who's not very good, right? Like there are people now who are there's a lot people there are a lot of people that are a lot better at just talking on podcasts mm-hmm. because it's such a mainstream thing now. But even back then, I remember like that wasn't the case, and there were people that just were terrible at it. There were episodes we haven't aired. Because literally it was it was horrible, it was horrible. I think that you've gotten better at not just keeping people talking, but talking about relevant things. I think you've also gotten bolder in in terms of content that you cover. Um, I think there's been a shift to where you're much more comfortable now with talking to people about content and things that maybe three, four years ago, you wouldn't have. And, and you've, you've definitely branched out into some of that. I would also say that you've tempered yourself. Um, so it used to be, I want to go for the most contrarian thing that we can learn from. Well, I think this is a part of just getting older is you realize, okay, well, there's a reason that it's contrarian. There's a reason why it's way far out there. It's because, yeah, okay, they might have some in, couple of interesting thoughts, but on the whole, there's a major critique that can be made. And so while you will still interview those people, there's a definite understanding of what you're getting yourself into. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I'm going to interview this author of this book, and it's a crazy person. Yeah, probably not going to do that. Yeah, probably not going to do that. I'm probably not going to interview them. That's probably going to be not good. And so I think that I think that you have gotten better about that. And I think it's increased the the quality of the episodes. I think it's increased the quality of the guests. Right when you see people, when you see when it, when a when a guest goes and looks at you know the directory of of all of the episodes you've done, and they see these names have just gotten bigger and better, and the quality of the interviews are better. I think all of that is are ways that you've grown in major ways. And I also can just tell that you're confident. When you do these interviews, you're very confident in yourself. You're confident in your ability to do these things. I mean, I do podcast stuff on the side as a side hustle. And I study podcasts constantly. I study the podcast industry. And, and I think that you've grown a lot in all of those ways. Passed way further than I think actually what could have happened if it was just you and I because you would have been dependent on me asking and yep. saying crazy things. Yep. Yep. Which I still say crazy things. You still you but that's even the thing that and this is this is part of the reason why I'm really excited for your podcast uh which will be out sometime after this episode it's coming. airs called Morning Coffee. Um yep, it's coming. Be, because you do say 
you do say favorite things. And this is one of the things I'm most excited about morning coffee is that, yes, you do say crazy things. But however, you don't say that like you're not as uh, crazy or as off the walls before. And you have really deep thoughts and questions, too. Well, thank you. Thank you. I have some interesting you know, it's funny. Whenever we started the Learner's Corner, I used to say this, and, and it's happening again with morning coffee as, I, as I'm getting guests. There are people that are coming on this show who I have no business speaking to. I have no business speaking to them. They're way more important than me. They're way smarter than me. They have way better perspectives and ideas than I do. But for some reason, they're, they're talking to me. They, they want to talk. They want to they want to engage and and I feel so I feel so privileged to to be able to to do that. And I and I appreciate your words. I you need to say those to my wife. She thinks I'm crazy. And I am crazy. We're all crazy. You are. In different ways. Yeah, and and I think that's even just something that has been interesting too of uh We've gotten old, dude. That's what it is. We, We've just gotten old. We have we have gotten old, but I don't know if it's us rubbing off on each other as well. But even like just what you were talking about there, I feel like I have mellowed out a lot more than what I used to be. And you have I'm trying to think of what the right word is, but you used become to, more appropriate. Uh, <laughs> there's that, but yeah, but you you would just sometimes say, and again, I I don't know like the motivation, but you would sometimes just say wild bleep, just to get people's attention. And now I don't think that has become more of a. Um, yeah, you don't have to rely on that as much. As maybe agree. you felt like you used to in the past. I would I would agree. I would agree. I would also say um, being away from running my own show on a week-to-week basis has also been really good for me. Mm. Um, so, like I said, I study now podcasts. I listen to every... You know this about me. I listen to everything. Every day... I have a practice every day. I listen to a far left and a far right podcast politically every single day of my life. I, I, I listen to those because I want to understand. I want to understand what people on the far left are saying, what people on the far right are saying. I also listen to all different genres of podcasts, right? So I listen to interview podcasts, but I also listen to news podcasts, but I listen to story podcasts I listen to five-hour marathon podcasts, and I listen to podcast. I, there's a podcast I listen to every day that's under 10 minutes. In that, I've seen all different styles and types, and I have sort of picked up my own style and my own type and kind of mashed it together from other people and sprinkled my personality on it. Right. I can still say crazy, funny things, I am the class clown, forever the class clown. But that doesn't have to define who I am, right? Yeah. doesn't have to define who I am, which is good. Okay, a couple other things that I wanted to uh, talk with you about is, uh, you know, we have the three core, you know, you, you can call them core values or whatever, 
of the learner's corner you know create a safe place to have difficult conversations learn from anyone and from everyone and learn from anything and from everything and i would just love to kind of go down through some of those things and then we could talk about whatever you want to talk about if there's anything else that you want to talk about also talking um but i would just be curious to hear on what are some of the things that uh either recently or just throughout time has helped you become the type of person that people will just literally share anything with you. There's been so many times, like even, and like, this is the thing, like this is going back, like not quite to the beginning of our French, probably the last 10 years. So maybe somewhere in the last eight to 10 years, people will literally just come up to you and they will just start sharing everything. Like about things that most people would not be comfortable talking with. Their therapists don't know these things. Exactly. Yes. Or you are their therapist in some cases. Yes. Yeah. What what does that? Is that what you're asking? Well, how do you be that person? Um I don't try. I actually call it my curse. Um or my super I I used to call it my superpower. Some days it's a superpower, some days it's a curse. Um couple things so the first thing the first thing is is this I think that my personality lends itself to the fact that people are not intimidated by me that's the first thing right and and I think your first exposure to this was when you would see baristas at Starbucks yeah come over and sit down at the table kids that I had met a week or so before and they would just start telling me these things so that's the first thing is i'm not intimidating i think the second thing is contrary to popular belief i and i think it's because of the fact that i have adhd i my brain goes into weird spaces where I have interesting stories that can relate to people. I really do think that it's, it, I, I have a story for everything and I, and so I'm super relatable to folks. And then I also think that there's just the, the fact that for whatever reason, there's the, the thing of people just like to talk to me. I haven't done anything to become that. I haven't. Um, but it is, now a defining piece of who I am. Um, and it works really well in my profession as being a, a pastor. Like it, it's, it's good. And I have a lot of people who, um, who are very comfortable with sharing things with me. The other thing that I just thought of was this. Um, I think because I am open to all sorts of ideas no idea is a bad idea. Because of that, I have an open mind about things. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't have ultimate authority. There's not, there's, no, you know, to me, ultimate source of authority is, is Jesus Christ. And because of that, he's revealed himself um, to us through scripture, right? And so because of, because of the Bible, we have the ability to understand God and we have the ability to understand what what God wants for us to do as, as Christ followers. So when I say I have an open mind, I don't 
necessarily mean that I'm advocating for people to just sin and do whatever they want and, and go crazy. But I'm comfortable with listening to people and listening to whatever the bleeped up things are that are going on in their life. And people hear that I'm I'm comfortable with that, right? I have I have kids all the time at, at Starbucks that, you know, they start telling me about their life and they'll tell me about the struggles and the things that they're going through. I have volunteers that will come to me and, and I hear this all the time. I've never told anybody this before in my life. And then they'll share this earth shattering thing. Um, my mother has the same superpower, by the way. So this is a hereditary thing, I believe. Um, but I don't know that I have a great answer for how I became that. I, I just, it, I don't know. It just happened. Mm-hmm. And it's a consistent thing in my life. It's a consistent thing in my life. I have so much input that goes into my brain. Um, so, and you know this, because I'll call you. As a matter of fact, it happened this week. I had too much. It was an overload. I had too many sad stories. Too much um, Too much empathy was happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and it overloads. Uh, like, so again, that's why I say it's a superpower some days, but it's also a curse other days. Yeah. You know, it just made me think of and i'm not saying this is all of it but this could be a part of it it also so you're in you know talk about me being an enneagram three you're also an enneagram two yeah which Mm -hmm. is the type that tends to be like very in tune with what other people are feeling as well and so yeah i think it's part of my i think it's part of my trauma right so trauma and things that happened in my life so um my dad died 10 years ago we're recording this in 2022. He died in 2012. And one of the things is in my family, the men in my family are all very strong personalities. Most of them actually are Enneagram eights. And so they are feeling repressed if we're going to the Enneagram. And because of that, they're just kind of rough. They're kind of rough, kind of scruff. Um, They don't feel their feelings. They don't feel their feelings. And, And so with that, I was shaped by that. And instead of conforming to what that was, which many of them, that's what they did, is they saw that, that's the way that you behaved as a man, and and they went and did that. I actually did the opposite. And so as I examined my own trauma, right, and in counseling and, and figure out the defense mechanisms that I've developed, one of the things that developed for me was I be, I trained myself to be acutely aware of what, the temperature of the room was. Mm-hmm. And you've witnessed me do this. I will walk into rooms and within 30 seconds, I know who's hurting. I know who's upset. I know who who it is that's had a bad day. I know who's having a really good day. And and that comes from that comes from me growing up doing that with my family, right? That comes from me uh, trying to figure out like I remember from my earliest memories um thinking thoughts like, well, if I just go away, if I just leave for a little bit and come back later, they'll be not mad anymore. Figuring out how to manipulate the surroundings to to be able to appease people. And because of that, that formed those things in, in my personality. Um, I can tell you through text messages, I can tell you when my wife is upset with me. I can tell you when she's excited. I can tell you all, all sorts of things. I could do that with everybody. Um, and so I think it's part of it is just formed through the trauma and things that I went through in my life. 
um, things that I dealt with, um, which we can look at that as a bad thing. I don't anymore. Um, my counselor actually helped me with some language on this. Uh, it's our it's our trauma. It's the things that we've gone through that actually um, form parts of our personality that and, and parts of the way that we function in the world that actually then allow us to be a ben of benefit to the world. Mm-hmm. And that was that was big, right? Whenever whenever I realized that that because I had started viewing it more as a curse. And I realized that. And so, you know, one of the ways that I use this on stat, like at my job is uh, because I always know the temperature of the room because I always know who's, who's having trouble. I'll, I'll go to my boss and I'll say, Hey, you didn't hear this from me, but I think you need to talk to so-and-so. Uh, I think they're struggling. I don't know what's going on. Maybe you should just ask them how they're doing. And I'm I'm almost always almost always it's the right move and and it helps my boss and so that's a way that I can use that it helps me in my relationship right it helps me in my relationships in general it's helped me with you it's helped me with Kelly it's helped me with with my friendships and, and, and with other people because you know you used to have a thing where you would just repress all of your feelings because you'd have time for them right you were always moving down the line and and you needed to get to whatever the next goal was that you were tackling right yep. and so and so basically i messed with you for years until i fixed that <laughs> and <laughs> like, uh, feelings are not feelings are not bad yeah my wife is an enneagram one yeah right and so kelly is thinking repressed though she would tell you she's not thinking repressed or sorry, sorry, feeling repressed. She she's she would tell you that she feels things, um, the things that she wants to feel. I would just tell her things like, "Well, secret time. You can't just selectively choose the feelings that you want to feel. Nope, it That's does not work. Not how that works because then we get into this bleep where we're just repressing our feelings and." And then, then we have blowups, right? And so she she tells everybody, she tells everybody, literally. She's like, I got married, and then he made me start feeling things. I have to then gently remind her, you always felt things. You just chose to not pay attention to these feelings. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a it's a problem for people who are in relationships with me. It I just open up the Pandora's box of feelings. Yeah. And to be to be fair, uh, you you have helped coach me, uh, and you were you were prime you were a prime thing, but yeah, but like yeah. but also but also right. So on the flip side of that is the thing I struggle with is boundaries. Yeah. Um. And and I've had to have it, like so one of the greatest tools that it's ever happened to me is getting married and being friends with you, and so both of those provide me with with boundaries yeah. in a way i don't i almost have an inability to say no or to not have to do those things right and yeah. so you gave me the ability to see goals and kelly gives me the perfect excuse to not have to go hang out with people if i don't want to 
I blame it on her. <laughs> and I blame things on you. Yeah. It's great. You know, that, that even got me thinking of how even what you're talking about right there is a part of making sure that you are able to have those types of conversations though. I mean, we were literally just sure. talking about that yesterday um, yeah. mm-hmm. too, because if you're having all of those conversations, if you're constantly being that person for somebody, then someone it's not healthy. It's not healthy. Someone else's uh, not getting that energy. Right. And you just want to make sure that the people who are most important to you are, are getting that. Right. Yeah. You use, you always use the, monkey analogy right (laughs) so somebody wants a monkey and they go and they buy said monkey and then they come to todd and they say todd i really want this monkey but i need you to take care of it yep and i say well i don't want a monkey and they say no i know but i really want a monkey but i need you to take care of it yeah well should todd then use his energy to take care of the monkey or should he put up a boundary and say nope i really think that you need to take care of this monkey Here's an idea for how you can take care of it. I am now going to exit said conversation. Yeah, and that's that's a struggle for me. But I do better now because of yeah. my relationships with different people. Yeah, and I think that's just something to hit is like there's there's probably parts of this to where it does come natural to us. It is very good and then there's parts of it that are just that as you mentioned they're a little bit more challenging right. okay a couple other things i want to hit with you uh quick is you know we also talk about learning from anyone and from everyone and one of the people that i know that you learned from uh a ton and i have oh, started no. recently controversy and i have started learning from as well which is which this person is a can be controversial at times controversy but is also a great example of we can learn from anyone and from everyone, regardless of whether or not we agree with them on everything, yeah. is your guy, Joe Rogan. The Rogan. And I would just love to hear what makes two things. One, what makes you want to learn from Joe Rogan? And two, what's something that you have learned from recently from him? I'm interested in... So I have this saying, the way to beat bad ideas is by having better ideas and allowing it to play out. I kind of formed that from listening to guys like Joe Rogan. And the reason why Joe is so controversial actually isn't that difficult to explain. It's this, Joe is willing to have conversations with people who might on their face be shunned from civil conversations in most places. Now, some people would say, well, for good reason. What Joe would counter and say is, but if I don't know what they think and why they think the things that they do, then do I actually know if my idea is the best idea? Well, the obvious answer to that is no, right? And so... Joe is is very famous for interviewing people who he has he just said this the other day in a podcast episode. The only he only has one criteria is one criteria for picking who he interviews on his show. By the way, Joe Rogan's podcast is the largest podcast in the in the world. And he has one criteria. And that criteria is this. Do I want to talk to them? 
It's very simple. Do I, like, and in that, it's, are they interesting? And he talks about how every day he gets hundreds of requests, okay? He gets hundreds of requests. And there's an email that's public, and you can email. And he go he personally actually goes through the inbox, and he, he, he reviews this stuff. And, and he goes, oh, this person's doing this. Nah, not interesting. Oh, woman who escaped from North Korea. And what? Yes. Right now I want to talk to her. So Joe is just willing to have conversations with people, with anybody and learn from anything. And I think that's the core of what the Learner's Corner is, mm -hmm. right? I think that's really why we started that show. And I think Joe embodies that. Joe is also a person who has a very different lifestyle than you or I. Now, I just recently had a conversation with somebody at church who was basically saying that, you know, you should insulate yourself from things like that. And the, the pushback that I gave was, if I insulate myself from people who don't believe and think the same way that I do, okay, and I surround myself with no, with, with absolutely, the only people are people who think just like me. I live a half-life, a cursed life, to quote Harry Potter. And... It's, it's a life that isn't full. Jesus engaged with people he didn't agree with. He listened to their ideas. Mm -hmm. Now, he rejected their ideas. He had conversations with them and showed them why their ideas were bad ideas. But he didn't isolate himself away from people who lived differently and who thought differently than him. He engaged them. He talked with them. I don't think it's healthy when we only take in one side of a conversation. That is why right now there are so many fascinating things happening in our culture. And I appreciate guys like Tim Pool, Joe Rogan, uh, 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 Dark Horse Podcast. Oh, uh, uh, Brett Weinstein. Brett Weinstein. Yes, thank you. Good Lord, I lost his name. People who are willing to have conversations on the other side of what provincial thought is. Mm-hmm. I simply want to hear the thoughts for myself, the ideas for myself, and I want to use my own brain. I do not want you to tell me how to think. That is why I listen to Joe Rogan. That's why I listen to all of the podcasts that I listen to. It's why I listen to one far left podcast and one far right podcast every single day. Because what I do is I compare the two and I go, oh, the truth is in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes me think of, uh, a couple of, just as you were talking, made me think of a couple of reasons and, you know, feel free to, you know, add your commentary to it. Uh, it. It made me think of like working out. Like if we are only engaging in easy ideas or ideas or ideas that we give, agree with, we're not building. You're comfortable with. Yeah. We're not building our intellectual muscles. Nope. And that it also makes me think of, I mean, and, and you know this, cause I know that you studied a lot of free speech stuff. Like the ideas yes. that you try to suppress are the yes. very, like that is what leads to these ideas gaining more and more traction. Yes. Well, Jordan Peterson talks yeah. about that, right? Yep. The more that you try to, the more that you try yep. to repress ideas, that's why you have rebellions, right? Yep. That's why you have these empires that, that, that conduct um, thought control and, and speech control. And what ends up happening is those empires crumble literally because there's rebellion that happens. When you try to repress these things, especially if they're actually good ideas or correct ideas, eventually it's going to crumble, right? These things, 
these empires crumble. These 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 corporations they crumble. I I don't understand why we would not want the best ideas to win. Yeah. I don't understand that. That's how all of society has progressed for a millennia. What is the best idea? Let's let that win. Yeah. And then on like for for you and me and for followers of Jesus it makes me think of like we do yes. not have like the option to opt out of no. Like and refusing to talk with somebody is a form of not love, right? <laughs> and right. And the other thing is, and and we've talked about this so much. This is such a foundational thing to the learners' corner as well. Um, as followers of Jesus, we should not be afraid of anything because our whole part of our goal should be a truth goal, a truth quest. Right. Well, I mean, I know the end of the story, right? Yeah. Yep. This is what I tell. This is what I tell teenagers. So whenever I have volunteers that are teenagers, right, and and they start wanting to hang around and they start asking me questions, and and they talk to me and they tell me you know what's going on in school and they they tell me their problems and all those things and they 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 ask me that. what I always tell them is is um, we know the end of the story. We know the end of the story, and that is this: that Jesus is supreme overall that he is king overall and that he is restoring all things and making them all new there's not fear in that yeah right there's not there's order in that there's an ordering of things in that but there's not fear and so fear is is a toxin it's a poison and it it is a byproduct of not understanding something at all. Yeah. That's that's what fear is. It's it's a lack of understanding of a topic or a thing. Right? I'm terrified of snakes. Do you know why I'm terrified of snakes? I don't understand them. I don't understand them. I have never been really around them that much in my life and I don't understand them. I'm I'm terrified of my wife whenever she's mad at me. Do you know why? It's because I don't understand when she's angry at me. I'm terrified. Because I don't know what she's going to do. Could she throw a book at me? Maybe. Could, could she start crying? Maybe. I don't understand it. Fear is when we don't understand something. It's lack of understanding. And I, and I see so often, instead of confronting these things, instead we choose to, to disengage from them. And I tell these teenagers, I tell people a lot, when you don't understand, when, you, when you're afraid of something, it's usually because you just don't understand it. And that's why you find me all the time researching weird crap and reading weird things that are dumb. Yeah. Well, that even, like you talked about disengaging, it also makes me think of, uh, it's not just a disengaging. Sometimes it's the fight or flight thing, fight, fight yeah. or freeze. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, moving towards the end, is there anything or any subject or anything that has really captured your attention recently? And if so, what is it and what's something? you know, that you're taking away from it. Well, one of the things I'm really fascinated by right now is I th I really think this, I think we're on the, the, the verge of a cultural shift again. I think culture shifted in 2016 and it heated our, it heated up the, the dialogue in politics, but it wasn't just politics. I, I think it was, it became everyday life. And, and there's a, a great book um, about tribes um, 
and and in the book he talks about how humans by nature are prone to tribal thinking and I, I've kind of taken that thought and extended it out and and what ended up happening was on a macro level and I'm talking just in the west okay I'm not talking it's it's everywhere but I'm, I'm specifically talking in the west there was a major breakdown around 2016 where for the first time we began to form macro tribes meaning on a large scale level, people began to divide themselves on based on ideology and based on their their worldview. But instead of that happening in your hometown, in your state, in in your family, it was it began to happen on a macro nationwide level, right? And it became this team. It was I'm Team Hillary. I'm Team Trump. That's what we then saw carry us through Trump's presidency and to today. I am watching right now another cultural shift happen. And the interesting thing about this shift is I truly believe that this shift is back towards truth. And what is reality? I think that people have lived in a fantasy, in a, in a non-reality and I think that people are getting their faces kicked in now by reality. And because of that, I'm seeing this shift back towards average people who are beginning to ask questions about the things we're being told. And it's happening again on a macro level, right? It's, it, this is, again, June of 2022. San Francisco just kicked out their DA, they just, they just, they just got rid of their DA. Los Angeles is is on the precipice of potentially voting in a closeted Republican as the mayor of Los Angeles. You see legislation being passed all over that is putting limitations on things that have become mainstays of how we educate our children, how we how we interact with with kids and, and, and with each other. And it's fascinating to me. And, and I'm not even speaking on a I agree or disagree. I'm, I'm just watching what's happening and I'm seeing a cultural shift where things that have been traditionally taken as true over the last, we'll say, five years, six years, they're being questioned. And I think that that always means that we're moving forward I think it's a good thing. I'm I'm fascinated to watch as it develops. I, I keep going back to the book um, by Carl Truman uh, that you turned me on to, and and what what's it called again? Oh man, keep talking and I'll look it up. Well, basically, it's he's it's him talking about how we how how we sort of got to this spot in society, and and one of the things that Carl. I think is a huge proponent of is when, and, and reason why we got to this point, when things become unquestionable, that ultimately means that we've regressed as a society. Did you get it? I do. It's called the rise and triumph of the modern self, yeah. cultural amnesia, expressive 
individualism and the road to sexual revolution. Uh, I will, I will say something real quick too. That's a pretty hefty book. And so I don't know if you knew this or not, but he wrote an abridged version of the book called strange new world, how thinkers and activists redefined identity and sparked the sexual revolution. So I did not know this. If the other one seems intimidating, try strange new world. But it's it's a it's a phenomenal yeah. book. But one of the things that that he he points to is rugged individualism that that basically ran unchallenged. We weren't yeah. allowed to ask questions about it, yeah. right? And and it trans it's transformed society into something that's lesser and, because of that. And how that got mixed in with yeah. faith and yeah, and, and became a. And became a bastardized version of both things then, yeah. right? Yeah. It became a half version of faith. It became a half version of society. And I think it's fascinating to, to examine those things. And I'm, I'm very much plugged in into learning, um, to learning from both sides. And I just think that ultimately, because we see this in markets, right? We see this in the marketplace. Reality wins. Like... Like reality wins, facts win, and and it's it's not manufactured facts; it's actual fact facts, like real stuff. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing, and I'm fascinated by it. What was that tribalism book that you were talking about? Oh, I'll send it to you. Um, I'll send it to you. Okay, we'll link to it in the show notes. Um, anything else on your mind while I have you? I think that um, I think that I've just been honored to be able to um, to hang out to talk. It's uh it's called it's called Tribes by Sebastian. Oh Unger. yeah, that's on yeah. the reading list. Yeah, that that was what it was, and it's it's a fascinating it's a fascinating read. The subtitle is on homecoming and belonging. And it, it, it does a dive into, it does a, it, an interesting dive into um, the psychology behind why we feel like we belong to certain things and how in our DNA that traces back to when we are, were a primitive society. It's fascinating. Well, Todd, I know that people are going to want to keep up with you. You know, you, you're going to have the, the morning coffee podcast be coming out here and not too long uh where's the best yep. place for people to go to keep up with you morning coffee dot show go to morning coffee dot show that's where you're going to be able to find all the updates on the upcoming podcast you'll be able to sign up for the newsletter and all of those things you can also find me on the social medias by just googling my name it's a weird name you'll find me Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the podcast today. Hearts and love. So, no takeaways from this episode because I already had the chance to talk about it. I've talked about everything that I wanted to on the podcast, but we're going to keep going and I'm just so excited for the podcast and so excited for what's to come in the future for the next 300 episodes. Uh, 
we'll see. Never know how long uh, the podcast will last, but I'm still loving it, which is what's most important. And so we're going to continue to roll right along, continue to learn, continue to grow and all of that good stuff. Make sure that you leave a rating, write a review of the podcast. That really helps, you know, the deal. Um, Email me at Learners Corner Podcast if you have anything that you would love to share or recommend that we cover here on the podcast. And that's all that I have for today. I do want to say thank you to Sam Massey for providing the music for this episode. Thank you to Todd Hicksonball for joining me on the podcast today and for starting the podcast with me, you know, six years ago now, whenever we originally started it. And uh, I do want to say thank you to Garrett Oler, who used to do the editing for this podcast. He is a part of this podcast story as well. And so super grateful for him. And thank you for continuing to listen to the Learner's Corner as well. My name is Caleb Mason. And until next time, keep learning and keep growing.